0: This is T.M. Camp, and you're listening to the podcast of my novel, Assam and Arjeeling. Book Four Coming Home Chapter Eighteen There was a commotion further up in the line. Assam could hear voices rising and falling, A ripple of anger spread quickly back towards them at the end of the line, where they were waiting with their mom. His mother clutched at his arm, still so lost in that place. What's happening? Before Assam could answer, the crowd parted in front of them, and a tall man in a dark suit strode forward. It was the boatman. It was Charlie. He did not greet them, did not even nod. You might have just come to the front. Saved me some trouble. Assam could feel everyone staring. Sorry. The boatman sniffed and made a show of looking at his watch. We're late now as well. Sorry, Assam said again. Well, be sorry on your own time. He turned back the way he had come. Let's get moving. Assam could feel anger and confusion bubbling up from the people around them. Come on, he muttered, pulling his mother by the arm. Where are we going? She stared wildly around her, almost frantic. The black man gave them a sour look as they passed. Looks like you're going home, lady. Come on, Mom. Assam kept her moving. She, miraculously, stayed silent as she clung to their mother. They pushed their way to the front. Assam tried not to look at anyone along the way, but more than a few people had choice comments for them as they passed. Charlie was just stepping into the boat when they got there. Come along, boy. I can hold the tide, not even for you. Assam resisted the urge to apologize again. He led his mother and sister up on the dock. The boatman, somehow managing to stand straight as a ramrod in the bobbing boat, held out his hand. Assam stared at him for a moment, then remembered. Oh, yeah, right. Sorry. He hesitated a moment, no idea what to do, and then, carefully... He raised his hand to his mouth. There was something heavy there, under his tongue. He wondered why he hadn't noticed it before. He spit it out into his hand. It was a coin, golden and bright. It was heavier than he expected. He handed it to the boatman. The boatman took it from him with distaste, inspected it, and nodded before handing it back. Assam accepted it and wondered what to do with it. He felt weird putting it back in his mouth, but he didn't want to lose it. Carefully, he slipped it into his pocket, watching as the boatman inspected his mother's coin. The boatman took her arm and helped her into the boat. Be careful, Mama, she said. Ooh... Their mother said as the craft tilted and bobbed under her weight. The boatman helped her sit down on one of the narrow benches. Next, he said to Assam, helping him across. The boy sat down next to his mother. You okay? She nodded. I'm so sleepy, though. He squeezed her hand. Then you should rest for a bit. Assam looked up and saw G was still standing on the dock. The boatman stood in front of her, the long pole in his hand. Please, she said simply. The man shook his head. I am sorry, child. What's going on? Assam asked, half-rising. The boat bobbed under his weight. Can't I just... Gee began to say, but the boatman lifted his pole and dipped it into the water. Hey! Assam stood up and immediately the thin craft was off balance. Everyone wobbled in their seats. Young man, the boatman said as he cast off the tether that bound them to the dock. If you do not take your seat, then I will be forced to... Gee! The boat wobbled and Assam had to sit down again to keep his balance. His sister took the man's sleeve in her hand. Sarah said it was okay. She said you'd help. The boatman pulled his arm back. I am sorry, but she doesn't make the rules. G tried to look defiant. What rules? Wait a minute, Assam called. He stood up again. Do you have a coin? the boatman asked G. Do you have your coin? What's going on? Assam's mother asked. Where's Julia? She clutched at Assam in desperation, throwing him off balance. He stumbled against a few of the other passengers, apologizing. Do you? the boatman asked again. G? Assam said. What's wrong? Because I don't think you do. The boatman spoke grimly, like someone accustomed to giving people bad news. But if you do, I will be happy to be wrong. He held out his hand and waited. She stared at him for a moment. Slowly she dug into her pocket and produced something. "'laying it in the center of the man's upturned palm. "'It was a coin, of course, and it was hers. "'Once it might have been gold, might have shone like the sun, "'but now it was a blackened, ruined thing. "'Whatever forces had destroyed Juniper had done the same for her coin.' "'The boatman pursed his lips. Hmm. I am sorry, my dear. He handed it back to her and raised his pole once more. Wait, Assam shouted. His mother began to wail like a child. He stood up and clambered over to the side of the boat, shoving his way through the crowded rows. Gee, he reached out for her as the boat drifted from the dock. She was just a few feet away, nothing but bright water between them. "'I'm so sorry,' she told him. "'It was the only way I could think to stop him. "'I didn't know.' "'Who?' "'Assam saw it, suddenly, all in a rush, "'a jumble of images tumbling from her mind to his. "'He shook his head. "'No, there has to be something we can do.' Five feet away, then six. "'The boat was moving.' The current had caught it. Let me go back, he turned to the boatman. I want to go back. The tall man looked down at him reluctantly, considering. No, she called. No, you need to stay with mom. She needs you. She can't go back alone. She can't lose. Her voice broke on the words. She can't lose both of us. Julia. Then he heard his mother sobbing behind him. He looked at his sister, ten feet away now, maybe more, so small and alone on the dock. Don't worry, she said, trying to smile. I'll be okay. He wanted to throw himself in, to swim back to her, to rescue her the way she had rescued him, but his mother was crying. He nodded and went and sat back down. They were far away now. The water was so bright, he couldn't see if she was crying. He was. His mother clutched at him, her fingernails digging into his arm. He winced in pain. Around them, he could hear the other passengers murmuring. Smaller now, he could barely see her on the dock, bright light bouncing off the water into his eyes. There was a sharp pain in his arm. He looked down to see something sticking out of it, a patch of gauze, a tube leading off. The voices around him, louder now. He looked back, looked for her, but all he could see was light. We're losing her, someone said. Commotion. Footsteps hurrying. He shouted, calling her name. He tried to sit up, but gentle, firm hands laid him down again. He rolled his head to one side and saw his sister's face just a few feet away. She was looking at him, her eyes locked on his. So much to say he could not speak. Her name would not come loose from where it had stuck in the back of his throat. People swarmed all around her, all voices and machines. Slowly, she smiled at him. Her teeth, not one of them missing. He tried to shout, tried to reach for her. A hand closed around his, strong and warm. A face... Next to his, the sound of his father's voice, the rasp of the day-old stubble against his cheek. Oh, son, his dad said, I love you so much. Daddy, he tried to sit up. Dad, we have to... He was too weak. Shh, his father said. It's okay. You're okay now. I couldn't save her. I tried to. Assam looked back to his sister in the hospital bed next to his, but all he saw were people moving, a blur of white and aqua that washed over her and swept her away. His father held him, pulling him close. When the wave of people finally cleared, Assam looked back. His sister's eyes were closed. The water was too bright. It hurt her eyes, but G watched the boat anyway as it passed out of sight. Then, taking a deep breath, she turned and walked slowly up the dock and back to the shore. You've been listening to and Darjeeling, written and read by the author, T.M. Camp. A new chapter from the book is available each week, free to download at the iTunes store. To find out more about and Darjeeling, to read my weblog, or to send me your questions and feedback, visit my website at tmcamp.com. I hope to hear from you. Thanks for listening. I'll talk to you soon. This podcast was written, performed, and produced by T.M. Camp and may not be copied, distributed, transcribed, or otherwise reproduced without his express written permission. Please direct all inquiries to the attention of the author at www.tmcamp.com. If you are unable to access the Internet, spread a thin layer of peanut butter over a slice of whole wheat bread. Sprinkle it with unsalted sunflower seeds and place it on the sill of any second-story window in your home. When the blue jay arrives, whisper your request to her. She will pass it along. If you live in a home with only one story, move.